And as promised, we are back, ladies first, with the second part of that tele-serial that got really out of control. I'm Corey, I'm joined by Sahara and Alejandra again. Hello. Hi. And we are going to attempt to wrest control of this beast and get it ended today because I don't know if we're going to be able to ever finish it if we don't. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the tele-serials in real life, right? They're just nonstop, never-ending. Well, we could go I mean, on forever. Save it for, like, the trilogy. Okay? God, Let's okay. Just save it for the trilogy. Anyways, so I'm going to, if you're just listening to this, go to the Fundamentals, click on the article. You'll be able to find the previous episode on there. If you haven't already listened to it, to buy a little bit of a clue as to what's going on. Um... Last time, we named our two main characters, and we just decided nobody else needed names. So we are going to try to maybe rectify that today, or maybe we'll just kill everybody else so we don't have to worry about it. We'll figure something out. Well, I was going to say, (laughs) um, because for those of you who did listen, and even for our new listeners, we ended with the wedding party, engagement party, for all of the couples that we have created in this show, which is Julieta and Tara, and um, everybody else is unnamed fiance's best friend who's engaged to Taro's older sister and I think to make our lives easier we should just say that that couple has seen all the chaos and noped out they're like we have no interest in this story please take us out of this narrative we're out um which shrinks our cast of 13 to now 11 uh including the ghost mom who actually now that aunt has been chandeliered I think the, the ghost mom is like I'm also out even though aunt is not dead Aunt is coming back with a face change. But, but Ghost Mom doesn't that need to know that. She's not really dead? No, because Ghost Mom is really excited to go into the light. So. She's murdered somebody. How is she going into the light? The light is just the end. It doesn't have to be. I mean, this is, first of all, this is a Hindu Bengali family, right? So she's already supposed to be gone years ago. She's. It's time for okay, her to Okay, so she's gone. She's so gone. So now we're down to 10. Unfortunately for her, she didn't. Maybe didn't quite get the revenge she wanted, but for now, she's gone. Yeah. So we're and down to And Julieta's mother, father, and sister are like, we're also leaving because this is Haram. So now we're just down to Tara's family and our leads, and I think that's a good way to start. <laughs> okay. You just wiped out Alejandra's <laughs> character's entire family. Well, I also got rid of Ghost Mom, and Father is like, I'm also done because you know what? The engagement happened. I'm going to do the wedding because also coronavirus. I know we told him the story that coronavirus is over, but I'm just going to bring it back because I can do that. So now they're not going to have a big party. <laughs> you have made this even more chaotic. I don't know how, ma- how you managed to make this even more chaotic, but okay. One of you two, like, I'm not even going to try to insert some chaos into here because Sahar did it all herself. So let's just, okay, the chandelier, we ended with the chandelier falling on murder auntie and werewolf Tia. So let's just go. So uh, both Tia's or both aunties presume dead at this point, I guess. Uh, do we need a time jump? Like, would you, do we have a time jump where, okay, so the chaos has passed and we're like ready to get married after all of that. And so they, we start with a wedding, perhaps. Is that... I mean, I know that this is this may be like unorthodox for for <laughs> I don't know. Damn thing is unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was dumb. Anyway, uh, but sometimes it's some Mexican telenovelas start with the wedding and then the trouble 
you know, continues from there. I mean, I saw Bengali serial where the whole plot literally was they were at the wedding. It was the never-ending wedding. Okay, I'm going to weigh in. I'm the final authority. We're at the wedding. We jumped through all the bunch of crap. They decided they're going to get married. Now we're at the wedding, and all of a sudden, Werewolf Tia comes back. There you go. Is Werewolf Tia still a werewolf? Or is Werewolf Tia... Oh, okay. What? What, like, still transformed? Yeah, because she was never able to transform back. Oh, poor Tia. So she's been stalking them this entire time, afraid to show herself. Okay, well, it's... I think, I think, Sahara, I think we need a reason for Werewolf Thea to come back. And I think Werewolf Thea was always, like, her whole deal was, like, protect my niece or whatever. So what is going on at the wedding that she feels she needs to show Murder up? Murder Auntie has been plotting. Murder Auntie isn't dead either. Remember, you're going to give her a facelift. Yes. Well, then I guess Murder Auntie, whose name is now Murder Auntie because she doesn't deserve a real name, is going to... <laughs> Well, you know what? It'll be perfect. The promo for this next batch of episodes is they're doing the religious ceremonial whatevers. I don't remember the word for what I was going to say, so they're going to be the whatevers. Rituals! There we go! They're doing the religious (laughs) rituals. And um, the promo at the very end shows the new actress who's going to play Murder Auntie. And that's why Werewolf Auntie, who knows all of the stories because Murder... I mean... Good lord. Werewolf Auntie and Murder Auntie. Good names. Werewolf Auntie <laughs> is here to save the day. And Tara and Julieta are like, good lord, what is going on? Because Tara's older sister is also getting married at this point. So Is it a double wedding? Chaotic. Yes, it's a double wedding. Okay. Because um, only Julieta's ex-fiance and her sister decided to nope out. And the mother and father. It's still, because the wedding still has to happen, so... Okay, so how about we name Werewolf Auntie uh, Romelia? Because, of course, her name is Romelia. Like, I'm dying. Romulus. I cannot. <laughs> Good. Yes. Bye. Um, Murder Auntie can be Gunja, because I'm literally just okay. lifting the name from the show where I lifted the name of Thara. It's fine. No one okay. else will know. <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so Romelia has been, you know, lurking about trying to protect because she knows, right? She knows that Gunja, murder auntie, is dead, is not dead, right? Right. Uh, and so she's lurking about, and, you know, there's a plan, uh, or she thinks there's a plan in order to attack them in the wedding. Right. Um, and, but she doesn't really have a plan to attack them during the wedding because. You know, she's like, that would be too obvious. So uh, Romelia shows up and everybody, you know, turns against her and is like, no, you are evil and you ruined our engagement party. Go away, Wolfie. And well, wouldn't they just be <laughs> terrified of her? Yes, Wait, of course. Pause. But but but, but, but at the end, but the end, she's, she's able to, to, you know, turn back and everyone's like, it's you. Go away. You ruined everything. Right. Well, wait, pause. Point of okay. clarification. Is, does Gunja want revenge, or is Gunja just like, I'm back now, I want my husband? Because Ghost Mom is no longer in the picture, so that's not really a big deal. And probably husband this whole time, her brother-in-law, which is cursed in Haram, has been really salty that, like, while he was just trying to do the dang wedding party shenanigans, pre-wedding shenanigans, everything went up. And also he had to pay a lot of money to fix the damage. So he's probably just cranky. 
at this I wedding. Think, I think she wants revenge because, you know, not only did they ruin her face, but, you know, at this at the engagement party, um, Tara's father found out that she killed his wife. Oh, you're right. See, I forgot the plot. This is what happens when you don't write this stuff down. Whoopsies. <laughs> and so, yeah, she she definitely wants revenge, specifically, I think, against um, Tara, right? Okay, okay. So, uh, Romelia is here to save the day, but no one wants to believe her except for Tara and Julieta, Julieta because, like, they're our leads, so, of course, they are paying attention. Yeah, and Tara, you know, uh, I think Julieta has a very soft spot for her werewolf aunt. I mean, even she's though she, better. <laughs> even though she is hurt that she never told her she was a werewolf. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so to move the plot along then, do Tara and Julieta, does the wedding actually end up happening? Like, are they fully married so they can deal with the rest of the drama? Yes. Or does the wedding I'm going to come down okay. and say they're fully married. Beautiful. Great. So they do all of the ceremonies, the red powders put on Tara's forehead and Julieta's forehead, and they do the other cultural rituals. And so... We can have it so that, like, she shows up right as the rituals are done. So even though, like, this this wedding venue is also destroyed, at least the weddings have occurred. And now that the weddings have occurred, Thara's older sister is like, now I'm literally looking out. It's all on you. So now the two of them have to work together to stop murder auntie and help Romelia revert back to human. And so now it is the journey of their lives to try to do that. Okay, so I I ran something a little bit by Corey before, but I'm going to run it by you now, because okay. I think this is something that has happened uh, in, in Mexican telenovelas quite a bit. I thought um, you were like, there are werewolves who are real. Uh, no, like when werewolves are real, no. Uh, <laughs> no, there's sometimes there's a baby, right? And oh, the dear. baby And the baby gets stolen. But where or, is the baby coming from? Or, you know, given to, to a poor old lady in exchange of a hot dog. It, it happens. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> no, it didn't no. really did happen. <laughs> I know it happened. We're not allowed to do that here. Um, no, no. Not not given away for a hot dog. Okay, but, so but, we've been planning to start a family. Okay, yes. so where did the baby come from? Because they just got married. So unless they magically kidnapped a baby, which our leads are not allowed to do... There has to be another time jump, or this doesn't work. Not that this whole plot has made any sense in the first place, but we have to keep some kind of internal logic. Okay, so there's a year-long time jump, and they're trying to slowly reassimilate Romelia back into, like, I'm human again, I spent, like, way too much time as a wolf, and I'm trying to, like, get my life back in order, and they've been trying to help with that while they've been planning to start a family. And then I don't pick one of them that's pregnant. I don't care. And they're about to get They can just adopt. This will solve all of our problems. They've literally adopted a small child who's six years old. It doesn't work that way. That is way too long of a process. No? Why? Because they don't have to wait until the child is six. They can literally... None of the story makes any sense. Because one of them doesn't have their green card yet. They're, they're married now. Okay, this fine. is post-Trump. <laughs> what? Now that they're married, the green card is, like, is a thing. They just have to apply and they get it. Okay, so the they mail. magically adopt a baby. It can't be a six-year-old. It has to be a baby. 
I'm not. I'm not sure that you. I. I don't know how that works, but I do know that she would have like she would be legal after they would get. I would. I'm sorry. The only reason I think it's really funny if the child is six years old is because then we could do another time jump when the story becomes all about the six year old being a twenty year old fighting her parents and her aunt and stopping. We could do a time. We can do a time jump for the one year old then being a twenty year old. If okay, fine, great, we did it. There's now. Wait, but the thing is. Okay, so the question is to her, do you want the child to be able to remember? Because it could work as a, as a small child as well, uh, in, in like the like a three or four year old who could potentially forget that they were stolen. Uh, so what I will say is because I literally just watched a show about this and narrated the whole thing to Corey, I think they should remember because otherwise this just gets really depressing. And listening to us talk about it being really so murder auntie that. stole the child, right? Yes, it's just, murder okay. auntie murder auntie stole the child because at the wedding, which we really quickly bypassed because we were tired of weddings, is uh, <laughs> his father was like, "I know you, even if you have a different face, get out of here." And so she's like run out of there before she's the cops can show up. Um, and so yeah, exactly. So now she's like she now she's like a really because I don't know what how many years it's been. How old would she be? Like sixty? No, wait. 20, 40s. So she's like close to 70 now. So she's like the really cranky grandma age at this point. So like her hair's all weird because she's been living with like the kidnapped kid and like is still trying to get revenge. But now that there's a huge time jump, the kid who we have not named, uh, Romelia Thara's child, we should name her, yeah. <laughs> has decided to save everybody. Romelia so the, the auntie. Romelia's the auntie. Um, I meant to say Julieta. I apologize. I was staring at We are at not the... that kind of show, Sahara. We are not that kind of show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking at my character list. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. 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 So, recapitulating. They got married. Uh, yes. There was a mess at the wedding. And, yes. uh, you know, Gunja had been maybe posing as a wedding planner and then, then she got discovered that she was a uh, murder auntie by Romelia who came on like a werewolf and then transformed and was you know like oh you terrible and then she transformed back into the werewolf because she's like her transformations are all unstable and stuff um, and like wow. Juliet <laughs> yes yes uh, and Juliet and Sarah defended her and they got rid of Gunja who was like oh I'm gonna get even more revenge now and become Mother Gothel and so <laughs> <laughs> However, many years later, um, Tara and and Julieta adopted a, a girl who they must have had for a while for her to remember them eventually. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Maybe uh, uh, four to six years old, they had her and then stolen. She was snatched off the street when they went to the carnival. Okay. Okay. Because they were dealing with, with Romelia and her unstableness. Uh, sure. They were, maybe they were really trying. The, maybe they put maybe they put Romelia in the carnival. That's awful. Um, sorry. No, I take that back. That's terrible. They they go to the carnival and um, murder auntie shows up as murder grandma at this grandma age, I should say, and steals the child. Yes. And now there's a time jump. And well, I mean, there there has to be like a, a little bit of a, of the drama when after she disappears, like what oh, happens, yeah, the sure. the angst after she disappears and. You know, Julieta doesn't want to, but she kind of blames Romelia because uh, because of them they weren't paying because of her they weren't paying attention. Oh um, snaps! Oh no! And so now so, Romelia makes it her life's mission to find this child. 
Yeah, uh, I think yes, I think yes, I think she's she she knows full well where she is, and how and she look like she know she suspects she has a gut feeling. Well, like oh, she dedicated is, over a decade tracking the kid down. There we go. Okay, that's good because oh, I'm not she doesn't know where she is, but who she's with. Oh God, this is the most hilarious thing ever. And the best part is to all of our listeners right now who have never watched a telenovela or a Bengali serial. None of this is actually inconceivable. Literally, the show that just ended last week ended after the girl had been, like, sold to courtesans, and then her mom finally found her and then, like, rehabilitated her into their world, and she became an awesome singer, and her parents uh, celebrated her mother's 50th birthday after all this was said and done. So, like, this story isn't even that, isn't even that wild. Yeah, I mean, we could have yeah, had them... Ex- we just said there was a show where Talia sold her kid for a sausage. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Uh, but wait, here's what I think. I think that the child whose name is... <laughs> Why have we not named her? <laughs> uh, whose name is... I think we need to find, like, like a like a name they can overlap. Because they would. They totally would. Like, oh, wow, well, they, if they adopted her when she was already... Wait. Can she just be Jessica? Okay. That's the first name that came to mind. <laughs> okay, she's easy. Jessica. <laughs> no one cares. Her name's Jessica. It could be Janet. It could be... I don't even know anymore. I run out of J names. Um, so she has to mother Gothel her, I think. Yes. She has to, like, yes. brainwash her and say, like, I'm your well, real mother, and they had stolen you from me. And, oh, good lord. And... Well, I can, well, so it depends on how old she is. I feel like we're... See, this is just me being annoying. I'm sorry. I apologize. I take it all back. Continue. No, no. You're the one that said we're not doing a third episode if we don't get this finished. Well, why do we want to finish it? Because we can just finish it right now if we want. I could be that annoying person who's just like, let's speed to the ending. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's true. It's true. She has to be fairly young for her to be able to be brainwashed. Like, three or four is the old that she can be when she's kidnapped for her to be Mother Gothel. She was kidnapped at four. She gets found at 12. And she's like, I don't know what's happening, but this lady who has really long hair and looks kind of shaggy found me. And it's telling me that you two are my parents. And Tara and Julieta are just like, we don't know what's going on in our lives anymore. We would like out of this narrative as well. So they but help. He... <laughs> they help Jessica <laughs> figure out her life. But we still have to get her to Gunja. So Alejandra, take us away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, Gunja, I think Gunja has her and has Mother Goth with her. And... But the thing is that when when they when she gets back to Julieta and Tara, it has to be an accident, and they have to be separated by then. Who has to be separated? Tara and Julieta, they have to be separated. Like if 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 it were like uh, like a Mexican telenovela, yeah. Oh, see, that's not what happened in the telecereal. But all right, whatever. They broke up because they clearly don't have love for each other, don't have faith in one another, and so they broke up because we're depressing. <laughs> And now they all come back together. I mean, statistically, marriages when you lose a child are, you know, tend to fall apart in cases. So it's not. This is a telenovela serial. And in this case, they, they, you know, they sort of blame Romelia, and so you know, it's a bit like. Ah, uh, it's your aunt's fault. You know what? <laughs> what if we bring some characters back? Because if we're gonna do, we might as well go. Ham. Uh, yeah, even though Ham is wrong, we should just have Dara's father show up. <laughs> 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 I 
father needs to be like, where's my grandchild? So Tara bands together with, I mean, Tara's father, who doesn't have a name, bands together with Romelia, and they go and find the child, and they bring her back, who is brainwashed. And we should just have Tara's father have a story. <laughs> and she can just, he can just take down Gunja. So that part of our story is dealt with. And I don't know why it has to be a sword. I just felt very inspired by the fantasy TV shows I was watching prior to recording this episode. Um, but Alejandro, have werewolves in here, so. Right. But Alejandro, you have to help us get them actually back together. Now that Gunja has been taken out of the picture, she's dead, dead. She's not coming back. What happens now? Okay, so Romelia and Tara's father found Gunja and killed her. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica's like really confused. You know, I think I think it's very simple. I think that they they separated because they were in a lot of pain, and okay. uh, and and they were not able to communicate with each other because they were in so much pain, both of them. And that's sure. you know, it's not because they didn't have like faith in one another. It's just because they. They found it hard. They were, like, in their shells and, you know, sad. Um, And so when their daughter comes back, they have to come together in order to agree on how to, like, assimilate her back into their family. And it's better if they are uh, seen as being together. And so they make an agreement, of course, to pretend to still be together for their child's sake. And uh, eventually they, they, you know, in that... In that pretending, they were like, oh, I was such an idiot. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I was such an idiot. I'm sorry, etc." I love it. We did it, y'all. They're yeah, all now there's together. only 40 minutes left of this episode for y'all to play. <laughs> it's not 40 minutes? Is it really? That's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Then fine. 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 So now that they're together, we have to have... Jessica grow up and go out on her own and venture on her own to bring honor to her family because that's what happened in the show I was just watching. Right, so, wait, 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 wait. Do you know what we haven't had? We haven't had a presentation for who? What? Uh, you a know, not, we can have her be non-binary or something. Jessica. So them. Them. Yeah. Okay, so, we're gonna. Like, sh- okay, so Jessica. Sorry, sorry. So like, she has to come out as non-binary. Them. They have to come out as non-binary when they're. Like, like an older teenager. Okay. <laughs> Me screwing up their pronouns, even if I, as I say it, I'm such a failure. So, okay, they... so they have a child, and Jessica. Jessica has a child if Jessica chooses to keep that name or not, uh, we'll, we'll just do it for simplicity's sake right now. Yes. They <laughs> have a little bit of drama coming out, but I don't know how you're going to stretch this for. Uh... <laughs> I don't think we can. I don't think we can. You know what? You know what? Wait. Remember. Wait. Forget it. We. I know. I know who can come back. I know who can come back. All of the other family members. Yes. The the uh, Julieta's ex fiance. Remember that she had a fiance who cheated on her with her sister. Yeah, I think they figured that out. It's been what twenty years. Yeah, I think that's close to twenty years. You know what? You know what? Let's put a fork in that and consider it done. And it actually gives us a chance to talk about. some cool, LGBT cool, cool. rep in actual different cultural shows. Obviously, yeah. we did a really, really chaotic um, <laughs> reading yes. of that. But but I want to talk about... Um, so, Hallmark <laughs> and Lifetime. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Lifetime is way more out there and extra than Hallmark is. Hallmark is very wholesome. Lifetime, I mean, you can be like, my nanny kidnapped me and mother golfed me and now I'm living in a basement of terror type of thing. So, I mean, it's kind of teleserial chaotic with Lifetime. But both of them made commitments to showcase um, LGBTQ characters. Mm-hmm. Which I think is progress. Now, I don't... Actually, Sahara, you had some interaction with one of the actors, didn't you, on Twitter? Yeah, so there is a show that, a show, there's a movie coming out, and it's about, the like, the main characters are guests at four subsequent weddings, and they're going as each other's date, but they're not looking for anything serious, and one of the weddings is for two women, and this woman on Twitter was like, I'm not going to watch this, I don't like it, and the actor who's playing the lead, who I'm going to find out the name, because of course, now that you bring it up, I forgot, um, was like, I'm, you know, like, you're allowed to make that choice. I would love for you to watch it. Paul Campbell. He said, quote, sorry you feel that way. Personally, I couldn't be happier with celebrating same-sex couples that I'm incredibly p- proud to be part of this movie. I'd invite you to give it a chance. And so I retweeted and was like, I was jokingly going to watch, but now I'm really excited. And he was like, yay, welcome. So I am excited to see that movie because it's the first Hallmark movie where there are canonical gay characters who will do more than just, like, be in the background. Yeah, and um, Lifetime last year, excuse me, in December, one of their holiday movies was about two brothers and their partners, and the movie actually ended with the gay brother and his partner kissing and, like, there being snow and all of the, like, happy holiday stuff. And Lifetime's entertainment president, Amy something, uh, made a joke during the TCA panels literally two weeks ago that... Lifetime was for everyone, so there would be more gay movies. And Hallmark also announced that they will hopefully, if they're able to film all of them, also have a couple or two. It's unclear. They didn't really give any details. They were just like, we're going to have movies with gay characters. Mm -hmm. So if they're all able to film, I think it'll be interesting to see, because as we all know, Hallmark and Lifetime, their holiday movies are incredibly tropey, and it's literally, it's Christmas, guy meets girl, they're going to be happy together because it's Christmas. And there was one yeah. uh, Hanukkah movie on Hallmark last year. So we'll see if other mm. holidays that are around that time period now, be involved. Isn't, hasn't there been some progress as far as like the teleserials go with LGBTQ representation? There has been. There has been very slow progress, I have to say. Like, um, it's it's just been glacial but there was i think it was last year or the year before that um there was a telenovela that had like um uh two girls in a ship who became like even internationally known because of course um you know lgbtq fans will just like look for anything i'm pretty uh, sure you know who you're talking about actually yeah, yeah i know who you're talking about too but I Juliantina, right? the show yeah amara muerte it's called or, or, or love to death um ha. lovely Yes, and <laughs> is that not us today? <laughs> uh, they're not the protagonists, and like that's a jump that we haven't even done yet. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's that's just not happening, and I'm I'm sad to say that we are very very behind in 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 Mexico. But you know, attempts are being made. I think um I think I could consider La Casa de las Flores or The House of Flowers in net on Netflix. It's a it's a series, but it's really a telenovela with like higher production quality mm-hmm. um you know and there's there's some representation in there you know there's still the the issue of of a man 
playing a, a trans woman, uh, mm. which is which is like it's very bad. Like if you see see it in a global sense, but it's like one of the first times that we have like a trans character um, right, right. in a in a this kind of show, and it's like a positive representation, and the family ends up accepting her, and her wife, you know, ends up accepting it, uh, even though she had a, like a really tough time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's ba- like very baby steps, but it's it's happening. It, yeah. it, it's going somewhere, you know? Well, and I think it's interesting because in the Bengali serials that I'm watching, one of the stories is all about, so it started with the girl being saved by a hydra, which is someone of the third gender. And the whole premise of the story mm-hmm. is we're going to do like our... Ultimately, like, when she's older, she's going to get married to the guy, and the guy's family isn't going to be okay with it because, like, how dare you marry someone who isn't of our status, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the real plot of the story is actually we need to be treating Hydra people way better than we are, and they're just as cool. Like, they're just as important as we are just because we have, like, changed the way our society views them, doesn't make it okay. And so it's one of the few shows that's, like, super, like, by the way, this is a public service announcement for all of the people in our villages, kind of. Thing, mm-hmm. But it's been causing a lot of really interesting commentary because even though they're going to do the like, again, like he's going to marry her and his family will be annoyed, but she's a lawyer. So it's not that like, oh, like you're marrying someone who isn't educated, which is the usual plot of like the rich guy marries the girl from the village, blah, blah, blah. It's because her mom is a hydra, this isn't acceptable. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, and then there have been shows where like they've had one off like, two men have kind of been interested in each other on the side and most of the time it's played as jokes but I think that like slowly different networks and India of course has a billion languages so they have a billion language channels the Hindi channels have done a little bit more with that but I'm interested to see if the Bengali channels will end up including more of that because there's definitely like side characters right who like Mm -hmm. you can kind of tell are supposed to be gay or like quote-unquote different for a lack of a better word but it's never truly canonically like here's our gay character and everyone accepts them it's more like he's gay and entertaining and like the kids love him I, like it's a really weird like the way mm-hmm. they interact with it so they don't get shut down essentially yeah oh yeah i i, I think that uh, by the way i just want to say i'm sorry for all of my non-binary people out there for screwing up my pronouns that bad a while ago i was just yeah my tongue was betraying me, but yeah, uh, the the actually the no, the telenovela that I that I kind of base Julieta's backstory in is the the girl who runs away from her family goes up to live with her gay uncle, mm-hmm. who is who is like sweet guy, and it's like he's like the best guy ever, and everybody loves him, his community loves him, uh, and he has like an inter important interactions with other people, like like somebody there's there's um. There's a young guy, a teenager who's like uh, under the protagonist's wing or something who's like, uh, I, I don't have anything against gay people, but I don't want them near me. And then he gets like a talking to from right. uh, from the, the uncle and the protagonist. But he's very desexualized. Right. right he's like right. he's like an, a, an elder guy and he doesn't have a love interest. And and then there's the others on the flip side. There was a time when they when telenovelas were like being uh uh you know trying to be more risque and mm-hmm. and there was there was a a side gay couple who were overly sexualized mm-hmm. um and so the two guys those were i think um which is more common by the way i think 
to have uh, in in Mexico still it's more common to have um, uh, MLM romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it you know it's I think I think we're going somewhere good, but it's taking a frustratingly long time, especially when you look at how uh, when I you know we're very close to the U.S. and we consume a lot of U.S. media, and it can be frustrating to to turn back to telenovelas and Mexican television and Mexican productions and see this. But, um, oh, but, and there's also, uh, there's a new show on Netflix that I haven't watched that also has like, I think two, uh, WLW romance, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. Which so, show? Ah, God. <sighs> Why don't I forget? Why do I forget? It's about these road trip. Wait, wait, wait. These girls on a road trip. Well, why you look that up, I think it's also important to make the distinction between what's on the over-the-top network for free for people across a country versus what's for pay. Because for the pay, um, like the the equivalent of like Netflix for India, um, they definitely have a lot more representation because yeah. what's happening is the actors who are playing in the serials, which are like our telenovelas, They'll do that where it's they're filming six days a week, 12-hour days, whatever. And then when they have time in between their show's ending or if they're taking time off for other things, they'll do a really quick 10-episode um, stint somewhere. And those mm-hmm. are a lot more – not only are they a lot more representative of, you know, the actual world of India, but also they're where you will find people actually, like, kissing. And they're where you'll actually find people doing stuff that would never be shown on um, a Bengali serial, right? Because even in the – moments of romance it's very it's like a bollywood movie it's very like we'll hug each other and like we'll stare at each other very intensely and like look at each other's souls through our eyes but it's not we're going to now make out which happens in telenovelas and obviously in other Mm -hmm. media all around the world and so i think that's really interesting because one of the shows i saw an advertisement for is actually called um something something breakup and one of the couples it's it follows four couples like they're all interacting somehow one of the couples is two women and so I think that at least when it comes to streamers and stuff people are subscribing for, it's interesting because it's the same actors. So there's definitely that shift of like, well, these actors are willing to do these more artistic projects or what we would consider like prestige projects. So I definitely think that that is pushing it. But I like I will be shocked to see a show with two women being the leads or two men being the leads, which would require... I think what's really interesting to think about is that would require a third person of that gender for the love triangle. And it would mm-hmm. also require at least two of the three families to be okay with their child being gay. And I don't even know how you would do like all of the ritualized stuff that people love watching in the shows, which is to say, like, do both of the people put the red powder on each other's forehead to indicate that they're married? Will mm-hmm. it be one girl from a village and one girl who's rich or one guy from a village and one guy who's rich? How will that even like actually play out in the complexities of all these tropes that we were kind of making fun of earlier but having a lot of fun with like how would that actually play out like the would the father-in-laws have the same relationship with their son-in-laws or their daughter-in-laws and so i think if we ever get to that point it would be amazing to watch and also to be fair in india like gay marriage and like legalities of it are so recent and the way that like even the supreme court talks about gay people is so recent. So, yeah. you know, it's going to take a way longer time to see anything at like a massive, uh, larger scale. Yeah, I think I think that the telenovelas uh, in Mexico are, you know, there's, there, there can't, they are, if there are like um, uh, gay couples on, on or queer couples on, on screen, they do kiss and they, they do, but they can't be the protagonist because that thing you mentioned is very, is very relevant, which is like, there's a religious aspect. 
to mm-hmm. uh, to tell serious telenovelas. And there's, you know, there's always a scene where the protagonist, like um, the woman, you know, prays to the La Virgencita, the Virgin uh, of Guadalupe, and the wedding is a big deal. You know, the the right. the um, the religious wedding is a big deal. And there's there's I remember a telenovela that I watched that was like a there there was a time when they used to do like children's telenovelas and then teenagers telenovelas. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the teenagers uh, once, I remember one that they got married halfway through, but they weren't really married because they, they really wanted that. Like they were really excited planning their religious wedding. And right, right. Uh, and that was for them, their, like, and for the audience. Like that was the wedding they were waiting for. It didn't yeah. matter that they were married by law uh, halfway through. So that's, yeah. you know, that's going to be... Uh, I mean that's good, and and the fact that in Mexico it's, uh, I think uh, only Mexico City still has has uh, is it's only in Mexico City is it legal for gay couples to get married? Right. Because in India you can't, so they're not going to show it until they can. Exactly. That's that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, And like even the the legal wedding is not legal in most of Mexico, only in Mexico City. And the the centralized nature of, of telenovelas in, in Mexico is a problem. Most of them are set in Mexico City. Right, uh, right. And there's a lot of, hey, what about whatever, Chihuahua, you know. Literally the hundreds of other places that you can <laughs> yes. go. It's a big country, guys. Um, so, yeah, I think... But I think, but I think it's positive the change that is happening, and I uh, and I I'm hopeful. I think. Well, I think that's honestly a reflection of media everywhere, right? Because in the U.S., we're constantly dealing with shows only ever being set on the West Coast or the East Coast, and if it's mm-hmm. ever set in the Midwest or the South, it ends up being crafted in that story of like, well, because it's in the Midwest, it's going to be a, like a rural comedy or whatever, instead of it just being like you could set a show in Cleveland, it would be fine. And the same thing happens with the Bengali serials. Of course, I'm only watching Bengali serials, so I'm only getting stories that are set in North Bengal. But all across India, where they're being set, like South Indian stories, like I have no clue what's happening with South Indian serials. There might be gays there. I would have no way of knowing because there's literally thousands of shows being aired. And mm-hmm. in Bangladesh, like there's definitely none of that content at all. So I have no clue what's happening there. But I definitely think at least with the streamers, they're pushing for it and like having the side characters here and there, um, you know. And I wanted to say real quick because I completely forgot. Rewinding real quick to the Hallmark conversation, Cad uh, Burrell plays one of the characters on Good Witch, and there was like a 0.5 second kind of like indication that she could be interested in woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll ever actually go all the way with that because it's one of their only two original fiction series left on their network. But I think it's interesting because now that there's different people in charge, you know, in two or three years, quote unquote, post COVID, we could see a lot more content. And I think. Like when, at least for the U.S., like when Hallmark and Lifetime are like fully integrative and are fully representative of all of the kinds of people in the U.S., that would be a watershed moment because of the fact that it reaches so many. Like people like to make fun of Hallmark and Lifetime, but it reaches a ton of families that pay for cable. Mm-hmm. Lots of people watch it. Like people who you wouldn't even expect watch yeah. that stuff. So. I mean, it's interesting because I've always wa- seen the like the promos of the Good Witch on on Netflix, and I'm I'm like, Ugh. and now I'm I'm you know I'm such a cliche a cliche. I'm like, oh no, she's in it now. I'm gonna have to watch it, and aren't I? She's only uh, in it as of the last season. Also, the show is incredibly white, but it's like my only all white show that I watch because I think 
I think it's interesting to track the entire premise of it being about like witches, but they're like good. But then also mm-hmm. the way that that is represented. I mean, again, like the targeted audience for Hallmark are absolutely like white American conservative mm-hmm. people, but yeah. it does reach. And I mean, it's not like Lifetime hasn't had movies with Alexa Pena Vega, who was a spy kid's daughter. Like there's been a lot of movies where they've been doing more and they've even had movies. Actually, the movie we were talking about earlier with Paul, the other main couple in it is a black couple. So I definitely think that like, which is interesting, right? Because now we've got our main white couple. We've got that one woman couple who will be there for, I don't know, like probably 10 minutes if that, because it's, I mean, we're not going to be focusing on the weddings, right? It's about the love story. But then they're like, the guy's best friend is a black man. So all of that in one movie, I think, indicates the stories that the writers want to write. And actually, a woman who's written many Hallmark movies wrote an entire TV show where one of the main characters was a gay man. It was about wedding planning. It was super cute and tropey. I watched it all in one day. And the (laughs) whole premise is literally the mom passes away and leaves her wedding planning company to her two daughters and her gay son. And her son has to, like, decide what he wants because he actually had a job in New York. But it's set in Canada, so it's really fun. But clearly the writers are willing to write that stuff if they're given the opportunity to. So, Yeah, yeah I mean, I, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's cool and hopeful. And, and you know, uh, by the way, the show that I was talking about earlier is Unstoppable mm. uh, or The in in Netflix. And I, I do have to admit that I have not been keeping up with the telenovela scene uh, for a long time. I mean, there's so many. How can you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, but then there's also the fact that in that we are kind of we're kind of at a at a standstill when it comes to telenovelas in in mm-hmm. Mexico. Most of them are remakes mm-hmm. of, of our own past telenovelas that were great, or uh, Colombian and Venezuelan, uh, Colombian especially. They they yeah. have a lot. Colombia has. Ama- I have to say, Colombia has amazing telenovelas. If you, if you, we, it used to be Mexico, I think, in the eighties and uh, and before that, especially seventies, eighties. But now, if you want to look for good quality, like they're they are tropey and they are super dramatic, but their stories are incredible. I would really, really recommend uh, a lot of tel- Colombian telenovelas. And so, and also, we have in Mexico, we have the same stars. Right. Like we haven't right. we haven't changed the the stars of the telenovelas in like twenty years. That's what happens with the Bengali serials. It's the same. Like when I first started watching, and and Corey can tell you this. I would talk to her about it. Like I've been watching God. It's all my mother's fault since twenty thirteen now, and I have seen over a hundred of them. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate how many I've seen, and it's the same forty people. And the other thing too is the people who play the sisters, brothers, aunts, like all of the side characters, it's the same actors. So they've actually got three or four roles at a time. They're not only on one show. And so they're acting, you know, over years of their lives and hundreds of episodes. And so one woman will be a sister in one show, a friend in another. She'll play like the older, you know, um, sister-in-law. Like they're doing all that. So the leads, they kind of cycle through the same 10 or 15 leads. And as those leads age out, they're introducing new people. But what's really interesting, and I don't know if this is the case for telenovelas, probably not, but like in the Bengali serials, if the audience doesn't like you and they're loud enough about it, you will get recast. Which like, oh. imagine if that happened in American TV, right? Like, holy crap. <laughs> um, I, there's been a number of times, probably four to six that I've seen in the last few years where they introduce the main characters and then like six weeks later, they like do a, either like a plastic surgery storyline one show replaced both their leads at the same time that's how bad the show was doing 
They were like, no one likes these two together. There's no chemistry. No one is believing them. And so they did this thing where it was like a party. And they were like, introducing character and character. And then the two new actors walked on. And all of us were like, what are you talking about? Where did the black ones go? Um, And then the show died literally three months later because it didn't work. It was too late at that point to try to save it in the ratings. But I think that's interesting, too, where it's like, if you were ever to do the gay storyline, like, like you would have to have a bunch of actors who are willing to do that. And I think some of these actors are, because I remember when the Supreme Court case happened in, in India in 2018, a lot of them actually were like, this is great, like, we should be supportive. And so I think that if there was a studio that was willing to really push the bar and try, they would do it. But I don't know that it would ever get to, like, 300 episodes or, you know, it wouldn't last beyond, like, maybe 75 and it would be like a short series style story mm-hmm. because the short series ones they can play it off as like a a special scenario or you know we pull someone who's usually doing movies to be on this or something like that yeah i mean i don't know my my generation still traumatized by uh, uh a recast in that happened in a kitchen telenovela like 15 years ago oh my gosh what happened <laughs> or more uh, oh i was i uh, it was uh one of the top um, child or the top child star at the moment, which who was Belinda, her I think her parents had a conflict with the company and oh they pulled her out. Like from yes. Girls, Belinda? Yes, Belinda. Oh yes, she. <laughs> uh, no, she was the. She is undisputably the star of the best like children. Uh, some of the best children's telenovelas that happened. She was a child star basically, yeah. uh, but and and at the time she was like already like. 13 14 ish mm. and i think her parents had a conflict with the company and they they pulled her out um and they replaced her with another one of the big child stars at the time wow. and uh you know there's still memes about that on facebook like today i can see i can walk into facebook and see a meme about everybody being traumatized by that um so i don't think no recasting doesn't happen it just gets canceled wow well, I, it's, I, it makes me laugh because every time I see people being cranky on the internet, I'm like, you know what? They will literally just recast you if you're in India. Just get over yourself. You'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit last time. I think recasting, you know, normalized recasting, hashtag normalized recasting 2021. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because a lot of, of shows, you know, get canceled. Characters we love die because, right. you know, and it's like... We could still have dolls, uh, you know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, I'm still not over that. I'm sorry, spoilers. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's a lot of things I'm still not over on on uh, when it comes to characters dying on television, and it, that that it could all be avoided. Yeah. Anyway, we jumped, of course. Um, no, this is a great course. We we just Corey opened- just turned. We just, you know, I, I've just been sitting back and chilling and listening to you guys talk. I think this was a great little, you know, we got done early and then we opened the board up for the two of you to talk about a lot of things. Really. <laughs> well, hopefully our listeners are not, did, they didn't quit halfway through when we got really hectic and they learned something. And if you have the equivalent of telenovelas or serials or soap operas in your country, Tell us about how those work, because I think what's happening is there's definitely been, I mean, America loves to remake stuff left and right, but a lot of countries are starting to pick up each other's media, so Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how that's going to continue in the next few years. Well, no, even just, like, English-speaking 
drama series, like in Australia or New Zealand or the UK, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the United States is notorious for ripping off the UK in particular. Um, you know, Canada has some, and then you you know you go over to Asia, like East, yeah. East Asia with like the K dramas and the J dramas, and then like those those are not. I wouldn't necessarily call those fun. Those are more like, how can we compete to rip your heart out of your chest and like? Yeah, I think it's it? a totally, it's a totally different genre yeah. entirely. Especially because they're shorter. They're, I mean, some of the longest shows don't even get past like thirty episodes. Yeah, but I mean, if you still have some of those and you're and you want to be like, hey, we've been making progress over here, or hey, we've had progress, or hey, we're, you know, whatever, like, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear about it. I mean, I probably won't watch them because I cry easily and then I'm going to be upset the rest of the day and it's 2020 and right now I just really can't handle that in my life. But I'm sure other people who do love watching that type of show would love to know. I mean, one day we should do a whole episode about remakes of Sherlock Holmes because Miss Sherlock is the (laughs) best remake ever and I am in love with her. And hope she comes back to my TV one day. Didn't you already write about Miss Sherlock? Or am I imagining this from one of those fueled Facebook rants where you got, like, really excited about it and, like, sent me all the links? Uh, I do not have any recollection of me writing about Miss Sherlock. But if you haven't watched it, you should. It's amazing. And her and her brother are really amazing. No, wait. Miss oh. Sherlock, that's the Japanese series, right? Yes. And it's oh, got okay. a female Sherlock and a female Watson? Yes. Didn't that didn't the WLW fandom kind of descend on that for a little bit? Yeah, because they're totally supportive of it and Watson's actress's mom's bar has a flag next to a picture of them. Okay, well, there I you go. Say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> go check out Miss Miss or Mrs. Sherlock. Miss M I S S. Okay, well go go check out Miss Sherlock then and uh on Sahara's recommendation because apparently it is WLW friendly. I have been afraid to get into dive into the the you know the whole K drama and and um, the the Japanese they're serials so because crushing. they're amazing. <laughs> I I watched one. I I watched one once and I'm still not over it. It was about this guy who was poor, but he was pretending to be. I don't remember. It was amazing. I don't remember the name of it. Um, like the only but thing I, worse than those are those like Thai life insurance commercials. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Uh, track. Anyways, so thank you guys for tuning in. I know we were a little bit over the place today, but we did have some actually pretty good discussion over you know different cultural norms and you know progress that different regions around the world are making, especially with um, LGBTQ representation. So hopefully you learned something. If not, I'm sorry. We tried. I don't know. We you knew really, coming really in really hard. You know exactly what you signed up for. Unless you're a completely new viewer. And in that case, I apologize. We're actually usually not this hot messy, but uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. Come back for more. We have it's, another it's, podcast. Let's late stage course. You can come it's, back. I promise we'll have Taylor back on. And Taylor is very organized and keeps Sahara and I on track and makes us like 10 page long resource lists. <laughs> I mean, Corey and I are fine when it comes to that. Okay, see, I'm getting off track. But hey, we also have that from. Corey, do you want to list off all of our awesome Yeah, podcasts? we actually do um, on the Fundamentals Podcast Network. We actually have quite a few uh, other shows, if you dare to listen to them and it's your first time. But uh, Sahar and I, uh, we co-host That's Haram. And that is 
obviously a, a Muslim-centered show where we have strong opinions about things and uh, we do have an episode a new episode every month then we have beneath the screen of the ultra critics with jeremiah thad and kara and alejandra has been guest starring on those especially talking about um superhero imagery and fascist propaganda yes and aren't you coming up on the next one yes we are i think we're talking about uh super especially that 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 specifically superheroes and propaganda okay so that is Coming up this month, I believe. Then we also have, uh, it's still kicking around, we've got uh, Unabashed Book Snobbery and The Fundamentalist. There is a new podcast that I also co-host um, with John, and we have some guest co-hosts coming in as well called Sartorial Splendor. So if you're a fan of the lifestyle section of our site, that's probably going to be for you. And then also if you're a Dungeons & Dragons RPG, TTRPG, live play fan, um, we also host Fay Forge Academy, and they have new episodes up every Friday, and they're really awesome. And you should give them uh, check. Go go check them out. Did I get everything? <laughs> that was you a know, long list. Every time you do that, I always think I should tell you. Why don't you just record yourself, and we can put it at the end? But it never happens I, until this moment. So know, here we are. But it's more fun this way. Thank you all for listening. I have to go. <laughs> Okay, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully uh, you did find some part of this entertaining, or even if you didn't, we hope you come back and give us another chance. Uh, Alejandra, thank you for coming back to be on this very, very frenetic episode. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun every time I come on. All right, Sahar and I are going to sign off again. Alejandra, go check her out. Uh, She's guesting on Beneath the Screen later this month, and sounds like they have a really good episode. So you guys stay safe out there. Make sure you're wearing your masks. We want to see you again. Bye.